Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Okay, well, I think we're up. Jake, you're on the podcast. Yep. You're in a place to be. How's it going? You doing okay tonight? Yeah, I'm doing great. Long days, but uh, they're worth it. Yeah, man. Especially on uh, what is it with this election day, man. It's kind of been a different day for it me. Is. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to. I'm just you know heads down doing work. <laughs> you, know, you go vote, and then they'll they'll be counting stuff for days or whatever. I don't know. Sure, yeah, I don't really know how it works anyway, but. We didn't come here to talk about the election, but just to give everyone a little bit of your background, you know, what you're doing now. I know you're out there doing big things and all this good stuff. Um, let's just start off by you just kind of, instead of me kind of introducing yourself, why don't you just give the people yeah. just of who you are? Yeah, so I started a skincare company for guys in 2019. It kind of came out of necessity. I have a scar on my nose from a ski accident, and from that, you know, went to Sephora went to Ulta, went to a couple places and realized like none of these places have any, any ability to, to nav help me navigate what I actually need to get rid of this scar. Mm -hmm. So, um, I kind of looked into the industry a little bit, realized it was, you know, culturally made for women, even if some products are, you know, unisex. And so I started Crete in order to kind of bring amazing products to guys without the feminine touch, let's say. So, in our packaging's nice and you know it's it's more designed for men the uh the messaging is about 30 second skincare all of our products take 30 seconds or less to use you know it's named Crete. We, we don't like to call it the beauty industry we like to call it the handsomeness industry so yeah we uh i learned chemistry i formulated some of our products myself because i really wanted to make sure they were actually you know they actually worked sure <laughs> to, put it, to put it bluntly it's uh there's a lot of crap out there. I've tried a million products and most of them are mediocre at best. So, you know, like anything, if you just do stuff a little bit better than other people, people will see that and they'll, they'll buy your stuff and then they'll stay on, you know, anyone can sell you something in an ad, but when you get our products, you don't return them. You buy them again and again and again and again. So yeah, I agree. No. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I mean, what happened in the ski accident? I know you said you had a scar on your nose. Yeah, so I've been a skier my whole life, and we were, it was in Colorado. First day out, it's a beautiful day. Um, you know, I'm doing double blacks and in the trees and all the crazy stuff. I never get hurt doing that stuff. Sure. So blue, I'm going in really fast. At the end of the day, it's like 3.30. The glyphs are closed, so I'm the only one up there. And my ski hits some ice and just pops up. And gets me like a sword while I'm standing. It's a crazy ski accident. Normally people fall, they tear their ACL or they hit a tree or something. Sure. So my own ski hit me in the middle of the face. I'm wearing a helmet, I'm wearing goggles, but got me the one place it could. Nose gets basically cut open. 
I have to call the ski patrol. It's not the most fun. Oh. Uh, they, you know, they zip you up in that little like body bag and, and toboggan you down and, you know, you're bouncing the whole way and it's not so much fun. So emergency stitches, fly back to LA, cosmetic stitches, have to stay out of the sun for a year and a half. I have to wear this little mountaineering thing on my sunglasses that hides, you know, scar from the sun. So it was a big thing. So basically, yeah, I, I you know, could have been life changing. Now you can barely see it. Yeah. I would so have... it, was, it was like a butterfly shrimp, you know, not to be too gross about it. But, <laughs> uh, it's pretty intense. And so, yeah, it wasn't, you know, you can't really hide your nose. You know, if it's up here, people have scars, you can hide it. You know, back here, something on your arm, you have sleeves. There's nothing to hide your nose. So I had to, had to learn about skincare. How old were you at this time? I mean, um, 26, almost 27. Okay. Yeah. So when I was to kind of relate to you that I forgot how old I was, maybe five, six, seven, I was real little and a dog bit me on my lip right here. And I still have a scar from it in which you still see it, but it's not as noticeable. But, you know, back then, you know, I was five and six years old. I didn't really know anything about it and, or even know if there's, I didn't, I don't know, maybe because I was so young, I didn't even really care about. It wouldn't have been on you at that time. It would have been, your parents would have had to know, but honestly it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an, a commonly understood thing. Like hyaluronic acid, women know it now. Hmm. Guys don't know what that is. Some do, but usually they were taught by a woman. Yeah. So we're going to come in and tell you that this is a substance that your body makes. Well, it's 500 to 1,000 times its molecular weight in water. And it turns out if you put various, you know, uh, of those molecular weights, they're called Daltons. Yeah. On your, face, your body absorbs it, absorbs water into your cells and hydrates. So. You know, it's not rocket science. It's just a different ingredient that guys have never heard of. And once sure. they hear it, they'll never use anything else. So that's what our first product is, is a concentrated moisturizer that uses hyaluronic acid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other ones out there, but they usually use a little bit too much water. Or they're, they're a little thinner. They don't coat your skin as nicely. They dry and it's like sticky. They use oil too. There's just, or they use just low quality, you know, manufacturing practices. Mm-hmm. So. You were going through time, you know, where, you know, you're wearing certain sunglasses and trying to cover this up. And I mean, what was that like for you? I mean, you know, when you were 26, 27 years, I mean, I know, obviously, at that time, you know, you're kind of, you're in your peak, basically. And, you know, and, you know, I can't really relate to it just with my scar, like I told you about, but I know if you've had like, even, you know, something on your face, like, you know, acne or scars or whatever, that you're just kind of insecure is that the word i'm looking for when you go out yeah um insecure and um like you're very very aware of it yeah um self-aware is it's not really self-aware i just i i had to relive that moment every day and so right now it's fine because it's years ago and my nose is fine and so like i started a company based off of it so it's fine but you know a couple months after it when i'm wearing this stupid thing on my nose i i you know what i wish i had it around because I put it on and you, it looks ridiculous. I mean, people would be like, what What the hell happened? And I have to tell the story again and again and again and again. Yeah. And it wasn't just that. It was, uh, you know, it didn't look great. Right. It was It was really red and, and I don't know. It was, it, it sucked. So basically, <laughs> that was one of the reasons I discovered concealer specifically. Because after it had healed, I could put concealer on it. And that was able to not just, you know, Healing takes a year or two. Okay. Concealer, you'd put it on and it would just disappear. Oh my God, this is amazing. Why don't guys really use this? It turns out most guys have used it, maybe for prom, for a pimple or something here and there. And they just thought it was a female cosmetic product. So that's, that's, we're launching a concealer early next year because guys should use it if they have dark circles or blemishes or acne or something like that. We're not doing a whole face of makeup. It's like, I have it on my nose right now. You can't see a scar. It's yeah. pretty simple. It's yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, looking back at it, I remember going through high school and stuff and that, you know, it was always kind of, you know, guys should never wear makeup. It's kind of what the narrative was, right? It's like a cultural narrative, I guess. And that, but there were, were times like going to prom that I remember, you know, if I had like a little bump or something, that's, like, man, you know, I wish I could get this to go away. It's like typically like you see it in movies all the time that, Oh, you got the pimple the night before the prom or whatever. But yeah, no, but for guys, like especially where I grew up, I grew up in a very rural area where it was just like, are you wearing makeup? Do that stupid. What the heck are you doing, man? 
I mean, I grew up in New York and LA and it was still like, really? Not, yeah. It was still not like, it just never was socially acceptable. Sure. Um, and that doesn't make sense. That might make sense for other things like, you know, lipstick and eyeliner. Like, this is not that. We are not trying to like make you beautiful or beautify or whatever. Right. This is a like very functional tool. And if you have something now, you hide it. It's not to make your lips look more red or your eyes look long or your eyelashes look longer or any, you know, I don't even know how to speak to those things, to be honest. Not <laughs> but, you know, for instance, right now I have like some redness from, from shaving earlier and sure. I just like did this. You can't see it. Yeah. It's great. It hurts. It's there. <laughs> you can't see it. Yeah. No, we're in a new age of th- stuff just because, and to, to, you know, to our point that, you know, there's companies like, uh, is it Manscaped? And then I don't know. Yeah, then Hims have coming out with like for I think they're is that hair? I don't know. But, but it was Viagra and Propecia. So maybe yeah, yeah. they moved into other things. But yeah, it's you know they did a they they made erectile dysfunction and baldness humorous and and kind of broke down the barriers of selling that stuff online. Yeah. Humor. Manscaped did the same thing about like trimming your area. So it's it's <laughs> you know. These are taboo things, and now all you have to do is make them funny. So we we try to make it easy. We try to make it funny. We are pretty savage in our comments when people talk shit about us, which is rare. But you know, the real thing online that's funny is people will come up with the most ridiculous skincare or like remedies, like microwave sweet potato and cut it and put it on your face to go mm-hmm. to bed. Like, no, don't do that. Nobody should do that. Yeah, I've heard of like putting toothpaste on your pimples and stuff like that back in the day too. Yeah, it's like, please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the science behind it was or where that even came from, but you know, it's one of those home remedies, backwoods things that's pretty like, oh, just do this, just be perfect in tomorrow. It's like, I doubt it works that way. But, so, but I mean, m- moving forward though, you know, so you know, all this was happening. You got your, you know, that scar. You're wanting to conceal it, and then you started studying. Did you know chemistry beforehand? I know you went to the University of Penn. But did you start studying it then? Like, all right, we got to get this shit right. You know, I want to make sure I can start helping people, help myself. I mean, how did this go down? There were two. I always loved chemistry, but I did not study it. I didn't take any chemistry in college. I took a bunch in in high school. I was definitely in the chemistry club. I did my senior year. I think it was my senior year. I did brew some like beer and wine. Nice. I thought that was interesting. And so that's, you know, that's some chemistry. But no, I just, um, it was a function of necessity. I was self-funding this company. I wanted to start. I talked to formulators and they basically said that it was 20 grand and it would take about nine to 18 months to make a formula. I said, damn, what what could take that long? And they're like, well, there's variations and feedback and this. I'm like, feedback, how long did it take to actually like formulate? They're like, maybe a couple of hours to make a formula. I'm like, okay. Then how long does it take to test it? Five, 10 minutes, five minutes. Okay, well, I then the next day, can't you make a new formula and prove it? Maybe you do that 10 times and you have it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, there's other companies. There's You're in line. We need raw materials. It just, it was crazy. And then on top of that, they try to own the formula. Uh, so you can never leave. So they'll charge you like a thousand bucks, but they own it. And sure. then you might have to order uh, half a million, two million dollars from them in order to be able to buy the formula rights. And so I didn't like any of that, the price, the timing, or them ordering the formula. So I looked up all the best serums. I ordered them all. I tested them all. I broke down all their ingredients lists onto a spreadsheet. I said, okay, what are the common ones? What are these individually? Looked them up, ordered them individually, and mixed them in these suggested proportions until I tweaked it. Made about 150, 200-something formulas myself. Nice. And, you know, eventually one of them was just one out and uh yeah we've sold ten thousand plus i don't know some you know and grown like crazy and uh i think it's gonna end up winning a ton of awards once we kind of get to that level yeah you know, next level i think we'll submit it into some I don't know, gq contests or things like that whatever that whatever however that works it's going to be winning awards because it's literally the best serum on the planet i made it until it was <laughs> what was that your initial goal? I mean, did I mean, what was that like day in and day out? The sitter saying like, I'm going to make this right until it's perfect. You know, just because, you know, trying so many different trials and going through this whole process where some people would, 
after 10, 20 trials, I'd say they're like, man, fuck this. I can't get this right. But for yeah. you, I mean, was it just a drive and where you were like, no, I will It's kind of interesting because I don't know, like, I both know exactly what I was thinking because it's my same personality to, you know, I've always had. But it's also like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, <laughs> uh, what what gave me the confidence to say, yeah, I'm just going to formulate the best thing out there. Sure. And the kind of answer is that I had a shoe company. I had a, you know, crypto fund. I had a software company. One of those things where if you follow a specific kind of learning process and break things down into their first principles and execute on them and really try to learn and get honest feedback and go into the every rabbit hole that there is in that subject, you will, after time and after many iterations, get something that works in that field. You know, if it's rocket science, it's going to be a lot harder because the experiments are hard. This was making things that were water soluble and mixing them in various portions. I could do five formulas, six formulas a day. Um, and I broke it down. For instance, one of the things I mentioned earlier was like uh, the molecular weights of hyaluronic acid. Right. So if you use what's called, you know, they're called Daltons. If you use 10,000 Dalton level, it's watery. It's basically, it dissolves in water and it gels. It's like super thin. That's why a lot of serums have little droppers. If you use a million and a half Daltons, which is kind of the upper limit, it's like a very thick gel. And then it kind of gets less jelly as you, you know, like a gel as you go down. So I tried 10,000, 50, 100, 250, 500,000, 800, you know, 1,200, not, uh, sorry, 1.2 million. And then, you know, 1.5, I just, they're 1% usage rates. So I mixed that with 1% of that with water. Right. I let them gel. I tested them. Okay. I like about, you know, 800,000 and 1,200 and 1.2 million, you know. And I kind of learned brick by brick sections of the formula. I had to learn the preservative base was a specific other section I learned. So I just kind of broke it down into manageable chunks. And then when I put them together, they just kind of worked. Sure. I got pretty lucky. You know, there were a couple things, polar versus nonpolar, anionic, cationic, other things that I had to learn that can go wrong and cause foaming or other issues. But um yeah, once you kind of learned a couple of the scientific principles and broke it down, I mixed them together and uh, it worked. And then from there was a little tweaking, you know. Yeah. But yeah, once you get the main factor down, or like the foundation, it's kind of like you just said, just going from here and just testing it until you just yeah. get it just exactly right. Like, you know, that's badass. Like, I think it's awesome where most people, it may, I'm, you know, I've never created anything, but I feel like maybe this is generally speaking, of course, that people would just get the foundation of it to say, cool, we got something to sell it or whatever, where you took the extra, the extra touch, I guess to say, and just that, Oh, I want to make that perfect. I like, I love stuff like that. And that makes me like when I'm looking at products and reading about them and people who invented them, just, Oh man, this is the type of product that I would want somebody who would make it to the best of their ability. Yeah. So for instance, like it smells a little bit like apple because we use apple stem cell extract, but we also add apple fruit essence, which, which has a little sugar in it that thickens it up, but also is a nice scent. I didn't want it to be too, you know, powerful. So I tried, made the formula, put 1% of that, two, three, four, five, six. And then I just gave a bunch of friends over and it was like, which one smells like yeah. subtle the best? I got 20 people's feedback and it ended up being, you know, let's say 5% or something. And then I was like, okay, that's what that ingredient's going to be at. Cause that gets you the appropriate scent. And then the, the sugar mm -hmm. helps gel it a little bit more. So, you know, it was just kind of brick by brick and getting the scent right, getting the color right, um, getting it to work as well as it possibly could. There's a lot of, you know, tackiness is like when you do this, if it's like sticky, the slip is how it spreads. There's all these terminology that you use in formulating. So I focused on all of them and which things would affect that. It was It was a lot. But then once you end up getting the thing that performs and all that, you sell a product and people go, holy shit, I love this. And then they buy it without us needing to tell them to buy it again, <laughs> again and again. So, yeah. like, okay, well, that's why we're growing at 30% month over month. It's like, awesome. We don't, you know, we, we, we have repeat customers like crazy. Did you expect to take off like this? Um, or, yes, or no, <laughs> I thought it would take longer, but I did expect it to be this successful. Ah, nice. I didn't think because it's not like it hasn't taken long. It's been three years, but I thought we'd have fewer sales this year just because 
we we figured out our marketing in the same way we kind of went brick by brick with the formulas we did that with marketing and we just we hit some really great messaging really early on sure so we got pretty efficient and that let us you know increase budgets and really kind of push this faster yeah well i think also it's very admirable of if you created this three years ago, even going into COVID and just keeping something like this going, because that was a tough time for everybody, obviously. Yeah. We, the biggest difficulty for us was just getting components. So our, our bottle is a one ounce serum bottle with a pump. And that pump was the exact one people were using for um, hand sanitizer. So mm-hmm. that was just sold out and we also felt weird buying it if it was used for that so at the time so we were like okay we don't really know how inventory is going to go so and you know we just basically were selling you know we didn't have a ton of inventory because we couldn't and then we just focused on marketing efficiency and future product development and things we could control and you know registering our trademarks and sure all of those kinds of things that now we're done all those and we're like, well, this is great. We have a lot of done. Let's just sell a bunch. Yeah. Was that kind of also during COVID, you know, talk about getting those bottles with like supply chain issues and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I built our supply chain probably because I was focused on the difficulty of it. We try to do as little custom stuff as we can. So our bottles are one ounce and four ounce amber boston rounds that's just the type of bottle you can get those from 100 different suppliers you get a custom printed label i could get that at 100 print shops as long as it's a specific material right so there's almost no way you know the pumps there's a lot of interchangeable pumps as long as they have the same thread you know we we love the specific ones we had but if those were for some reason sold out there's 50 other types that are 95 percent the same so we're pretty resistant and then from the ingredient side Apple stem cell extract, we do import from Switzerland that I have to be conscious of. Everything else, again, multiple suppliers. Uh, yeah, it's it's built to withstand whatever is thrown at us. If, if we can't get ingredients, no one else could get anything. I see. Way more screwed than we are. So, Was it ever overwhelming to you at the time when the startup of this business? And, you know, I know you said that you were didn't know it would take off this quick, but was there ever like something in the back of your mind like what if this fails uh yeah of course i mean it's my fourth company so nice you know some of them you know two of them were pretty successful one was successful for a while and then kind of sputtered out um so but i've helped a lot of other companies it's it's almost impossible to actually build things that last and and grow and grow and grow Mm. um you have to kind of have a little bit of this grit and delusion that like yeah whatever you're going to do as long as you do it well will win sure but then also the grit of the day-to-day of like i'm just answering customer service emails for three hours and you know what i end up getting those people to not cancel a subscription and actually order more and then, then those people tell their friends you never know what the thing is that takes you to the next level so you just kind of have to keep going every day and there's a lot but I don't know. I'm overwhelmed. No, stressed because I have a million things to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this being your fourth company, so you've always been kind of a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, I've never actually been employed. <laughs> nice. I mean, that's badass to say that you know, coming out of college, you know, at a pretty prestigious school, that you've never you just been self-employed. It's, yeah, I never used. It's 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 not a waste, but it's funny because I've never. Put that I've never since graduating had a resume that I put that on and applied anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, I had internships in college and I like worked at places, but not as an employee. So yeah, I've legally never been employed anywhere. Yeah. Dude, that's so badass, man. Just because you know, there's probably people hearing this right now just screaming at it, just because there's so much value. And you know, I have a regular quote unquote nine to five, but there's so much value of being your own boss and, you know, sitting around for three hours and answering customer service emails and then to say, hey, I'm going to take two hours and go hit the golf course up or whatever you do in your spare time. Yeah, but you end up not hitting the golf course. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, after this, see, everyone thinks I don't have a boss. I do. It's my customers. You know, you always Ooh, have a boss. That's, that's what I always say. It's like, and then when you have investors, your investors can be your boss. You're like, you don't not have a boss. 
Mm. You know, okay, maybe if you win the lottery and you literally have money and not, you know, but then again, there's no purpose. You're not going to be happy. Sure. Um, can I just decide tomorrow to do nothing? Yes. Will I? No way. Because one, there's a lot going on and I have to do a lot. And I have a team now and I also owe it to my team to keep pushing. I agree. But, um, yeah, you you definitely do trade in a nine to five for a 24 seven. Yeah. So there's, yes, I absolutely could take a couple of days off, but you don't end up doing it. Yeah. You, you know. No, I understand it completely just because. It's, 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 I actually get better at it, to be honest. Well, it's one of those things that, you know, when people look you know, at your success or whatever. And, you know, where some people probably say, oh, it's so easy for Jake to do this because of X, Y, and Z. But, you know, they don't really understand, you know, like you just said, yeah, nine to five, but it's actually a 24-7 job. They don't really understand the work that you're doing behind the scenes and the sacrifices that you're having to do. Like, you know, just talk about, do I actually go to the golf course? No, you know, because I know I can't. So they don't understand those, you know, like that extra work that... Yeah, it's... it's man. It's a 24-7 grind, but you also get to do it for yourself. So, sure. like, I wake up every day with purpose. I wake up every day knowing that I control my own work. It's a really good feeling. On the other side, I wake up every day being fully responsible for myself and multiple people, figuring out what we're supposed to do. And if I pick something that's a task that's stupid, it wastes money, it wastes time, it wastes energy. So... If I say, hey, let's build a bunch of landing pages for our marketing with our marketing team and they don't perform, it's like, okay, well, I just wasted a week of everybody's time. Yeah. And if five, six people worked on that, I just wasted seven weeks, five or sorry, five or six weeks of, of time. And that's like a lot of time to pay people for and be responsible for. So, you know, every day that you wake up, if you have six or seven people on your team, that's a week's worth of, of work every day that you either make worthy of like your time and everything. So, you know, my to-do lists are crazy. You have to get very good at figuring out what's going to deliver value soon um, and prioritization. And you have to get very good at saying, okay, this isn't working. Cut it. Like, move on. Was that, hard, was that hard for you to learn that? In some areas, yes. I learned that probably in the first software company. I would fall in love with features and they weren't working and I would like, ah, I, uh, yeah, I didn't want it, whatever. Now, not even a little bit. It's it's you build stuff so that it wins, and if it's not winning, you you get attached to the result, not necessarily the idea, and that's good because that means anyone can have a good idea. I don't care if they come from me or someone else. My ideas can be terrible one day, and my team will tell me. You know, yeah. So that's awesome to have that constructive feedback, even if they tell you that it's terrible. Just because you, uh, in my point of view, I would never want quote unquote again, yes man around me just because that's not how you grow as a business. No, they'll literally yeah, say things like that's a terrible idea. I'm like, okay, maybe. Well explain to me why. And they'll say I'm like, oh yeah. Sure. Like yeah. They, we're we're pretty brutal and savage to each other. So yeah. How how big's your team? Is it pretty big? Um it's about six or seven. And then I probably have another like five to ten people who are, you know, contracted as needed photographers content creators email marketers etc so i like to run stuff pretty pretty tightly um That's my it. philosophy is it's easier to not spend money than it is to make money so it's like i don't need an email like five email people i need one good person and if it's the holidays you're on like full time basically and then after the holidays you're part-time you know we scale up and down all the time yeah, that part of that business strategy right there, or whatever you want to say, leadership strategy, was that something else that you just kind of picked up along your way? And or is this all like kind of coming from your all of your companies that you've done and you just learning everything little by little? It made sense to me. I mean, I never had a traditional job, so I never had maybe the habits of a traditional workplace. I never oh. had the, you know structure or corporate structure drilled into me so if it's like oh i need these things designed can you do it for two thousand bucks let's say okay you can good there okay that's the job i'll talk to you soon <laughs> like i don't know you don't have to be employed with us i don't need you right now you know it's sure. it's so for me it just was what made sense especially self-funding a lot of things you get very conscious of budgets um 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Yeah, you just want to spend money where it's going to impact you. And, and having a bunch of people hired in a startup is the first way to just set stuff on fire, your money on fire. Office space, I'll, 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 as long as I control stuff, we will never have an office. Nice. Like, period. See, it's all remote work. It's all outsourced manufacturing if we can, you know. See, that's so badass to have these unorthodox and outside the box thinking where, you know, people pick up these certain principles and best practices and wherever it is, you know, wherever they like their actual work or education or whatever. But it's people, you know, like you who say, no, let's do things a little bit differently. Let's, you know, think outside the box here. And, and, and then it works, you know, and it's just like, you don't, things don't always have to be A, B, C, D, E, F. And I was working from home since 2012. So when lockdowns happened, I was like, literally nothing changed. Obviously after a month, it's like, okay, like everything in the world is changing. But for the first couple of weeks, I had a lot of friends calling me like, Hey man, we know you, you, I was the only person any of my friends knew who worked from home. At that point, I've been doing it for eight years. So they're like, how do I do this? I was like, well, I'll try to do work in one area and then make sure that like when you're done working, you put that away and like you don't, you know, don't work in your living room while you watch TV because then you're not going to mentally separate. There's just little things you're, you know, there's a book called like Rework or something or Remote. I think it was called Remote. It's about remote work. I read that. Some tips in it. It wasn't that hard. The big thing was um, not overworking. That's actually the thing that I had to learn early in my time because you're just sitting here. I could just work all night. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did you learn to you know cut it off? I mean, did you say, "Hey, I'll work till eight o'clock every night, then I'll go"? No, it's about it's about specific tasks. Um, I make to do lists that are literally impossible for any human to do in a day, and then I try to get as much as I can. But I do it in order of like what actually has to get done. So I usually get done with the stuff that has to get done by let's say midday and then everything else is extra. And I just kind of work. If it's, if I'm exhausted at eight, I'll stop. If I not, I'll go to 2 AM. It's like kind of just by feel, but I, I've already accomplished the things that have to get done as early in the day as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we have a black Friday, cyber Monday email that we need by, let's say next Tuesday, I might go work on it after this. Sure. Do I have to? No, but it's better if it's done. Yeah. It, 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 I don't want it to become a thing I have to do I on get one that. day. I get that. So it's, uh, you know, the philosophy is never be the bottleneck, in my opinion. See, I wonder if that's a false narrative when it becomes to entrepreneurship where, you know, it's people like, you know, hustle culture, I think is what it's called. You know, it's people like The Rock and Elon Musk who said they were working I don't know, 16, 18 hour days. And, you know, they only have to get four hours of sleep and, yeah, and like, you've always got to be grinded, but it's usually like, but it's, you say like, what I like is like the quality of work and actually setting up a to-do sheet and getting, Hey, I'll get all this done. And then we'll see what happens after that, which yeah, that, hey, that seems badass. I get a lot of sleep. 
I, I, I don't need a lot of caffeine or things like that because I get a, I get seven or eight hours minimum a night. Some days nine. It's, it's like midnight to 9 a.m. is my goal. Yeah. And, you know, I've never commuted, so I've never had to worry about it. I've never, you know, this is what I wear to work, so I never have to worry about it. Um, I don't like a lot of calls, so I don't have to necessarily look the greatest. So there's not a lot of wasted time. And if you can try to stay off social media during your breaks, because that just changes your whole focus of the day, yeah. then, you know, you just get a lot done. And if you get four hours of sleep, maybe they have like the gene that lets you do that. I don't. So sure. for me, I wake up, I can get right into work because I just slept eight hours. You know, it's not that hard. But yeah, it's, you never want to trust people that look busy. You want to trust people that are getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. So I never like to look busy. Uh, I just like, talk to me in a month and you'll see that we have another product launch, you know, something. We have materially different company every two months. That's the goal. It's like every two, three months, we're like a very different company. We've leveled up. Our revenues twice as much. Our products are more released. We're on two more channels, marketing, something like that. But uh, yeah, it's about the quality. I don't know. I mean, those guys are trying to sell books and movies and lifestyles. I'm not. Like, I'm actually trying to get my work done. So, yeah, I don't know. I never had a problem. It really focuses the main part of it, though. You know. Well, I like what you just said. You know, you don't want never want to trust people who have to look busy. Mm -hmm. And there's a. There's a book and I forgot who wrote it, but it's called Bullshit Jobs. And it's basically talking about these pointless jobs that people have in their nine to fives or seven to fours or whatever it is. And they all all day long, they're just looking like they're typing shit and doing like ridiculous stuff just to stay busy, just to impress their bosses or leaders or whatever. Yeah. And you can tell that a little bit like the higher level that it's like people use a lot of jargon. <laughs> True. Yeah. You know? I remember in that in the crypto world, it was like everyone was constantly saying just, and I knew all the jargon. It's just like talk like a regular person because I don't think you understand it when you just start chucking out big words. Like, mm. look, I studied math and economics. I understand what you're saying, but like, I don't think you understand what you're saying. <laughs> I think you think someone is smart and are like parroting them. So that's another thing for me. I kind of, you know, we of course have certain marketing jargon that we have to say, cause that's the description, you know, ROAS or AOV or LTVs, because those are the things that describe what we're literally talking about. But we have a rule of like, never go above and beyond with jargon because it just like, it's, like corporate jargon is just the worst. <laughs> it's like, let's all just talk to each other. Like, it, people. Cause you know, I, a lot of people, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but I pick up on that when, you know, I'm very one of those, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm not afraid to admit that. And mm -hmm. that when people start talking to me like that, whatever you just said, LTVs and stuff, I have no idea what you're talking about. But yeah. you can pick up on that. I, I don't want to say it's a bullshit meter or whatever, but when people are just overly just trying to exert themselves yeah. in front of you and say that jargon shit to you, and you're just like, what? Like, shut up, man. Are you, do you even know what you're saying right now? Yeah, so like LTV means lifetime value. It's like if you're a customer for whatever the lifetime of a customer is let's say it's five years for us how much are you worth how much are you going to buy from our stuff 500 bucks maybe 300 bucks so what's your lifetime value and then like cac is like customer acquisition cost mm -hmm. we have to pay 50 bucks in ads to get an ad in front of you that actually got you to buy stuff but your lifetime value to us is 500 bucks then the return on ad spend is you know 10x yeah because we spent 50 bucks and we're going to make 500 so you know you have to use those things when you're in a marketing meeting, but I would never use that in a meeting with our developers or, you know, with our packaging designer. It's like, yeah, well, people, people like jargon a little bit too much. I also don't ever use LinkedIn. I probably should start a little more, but I it just can't, I can't. It, it's like the worst platform for me in the world. What do, you, what do you mean? Just because of, I go on and it's just like business virtue signaling, like self-congratulatory, like look what I did. It's like, me everything in my inbox is some someone trying to get me to use their service it's like hey jake i noticed you. congratulations on all your success i'm like you don't even know I I know I <laughs> yeah and like hey can you do you have time to set up a 15 minute call or whatever and talk about it's like shut up like, yeah, and you can you see about? that they they like have a like a, a little line that they think is gonna get you it's a hook it's yep. like blah 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 it's really hard to do but but we understand it's like <laughs> 
It's like, dude, this is a cold email just in my inbox on LinkedIn. So I actually don't think I've opened LinkedIn in probably six months. Well, that's not true. I probably opened it once or twice to look up other people. But for <laughs> myself, I don't I don't know where my update is. I probably should do it. I probably should update it. Uh, I think you're doing it. You seem to be doing okay without it right now. Yeah. Yeah, fix it right. We, I, almost all of our hires are through people I know or like our advisors or someone. So I just haven't needed to use it for recruiting, and so. Well, I feel like that's pretty good, actually. And I had this theory when I was when I, I used to work in higher education. I would manage students, but I noticed that instead of doing a hiring event or whatever they're called now, you know. I would most of the time, like my better employees, I would just ask, say, hey, do you have any friends that are looking for jobs? And if they wanted to recruit somebody or get somebody recruited, that was, I was like, I'll be open to it just because in my point of view, I they already knew kind of what they were getting into because of their friends. And they kind of knew how the job was already going to be rather than just walking into something they didn't expect. And I had a lot of success doing things that way. And even though some people are probably thinking right now, well, you should never do that. And I'm not saying I never did hire anybody we're like new blood, I guess, so to speak. But I just found that I had more success hiring people that were already kind of knew the job and already knew how they were and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, like my brother helps me a lot. He's basically like the creative director. Oh. And so, you know, he was always a writer, so he's a brilliant copywriter and helps with just, I'll write, I'll have a good idea and he'll just turn it into like the actual front-facing, customer-facing version of it. Uh, I can do that sometimes, but not always. I, it's nicer to just make some rough idea and be like, hello, here you go. Yeah. But he he was a, a marketer for a while and he's done a lot of branding for other companies. So he helps me recruit a lot of marketing people. And so I just, are, I know I can trust him. So if he's telling me someone's good, so we just hired a new email person. She's great. Recommend. So it's it, it's really nice to, the people I hired are A plus. And so it's kind of one of those things where if you hire A plus people, they'll hire A plus people. The second you start dipping, if I hired a B person, they would then hire a C. And, and like that's when things get diluted is when you start having people who are less incredible. So we hire very slowly and fire very quickly is is someone said that once and I just liked like, oh, that's what we do, you know. But we don't like fire people almost ever because the people I hire are fantastic. Well, I like that. I never thought about it in that point of view where or perspective that if you hire A plus people, you'll just keep A plus people. But if you start, then they'll go to a B and then they'll get to a C. And yeah, if you hire a B person and then they need help because they will, because they're not an, an unbelievable. And by the way, B people can get the job done. I don't know. Sure. Specifically. But, uh, you know, it, they are going to hire someone. They they don't necessarily even recognize necessarily what an A or A plus person is. So that best you'll they hire a B person. But if you are an A person and hired a B person, chances are a B person is going to hire a C person. And then you end up with giant corporations that are bloated. And it's the reason why every tech company is laying off an unbelievable amount of people. There's just, you know, universities have giant administrations that are unnecessary and you just get, you know, bloated and ridiculous. And then you end up, losing money because your payroll is out of control. So mm-hmm. as a startup, we just, we literally can't afford that. No, they can't afford it either, but yeah. we, we certainly can't, yeah. can't afford half our team to be shitty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. Cause you know, when I was working in higher ed and, you know, we'd go to meetings or have people come visit us or whatever, but I just remember so many people at certain administration levels and they all had these, I don't know. I, in my opinion, just basically shitty job titles. And yeah, it was, the amorphous. What do you even do? What, yeah, like, did y'all make this doing? up? Yeah, like why? Where is this budget money from? This coming from? Couldn't we use that? And I'm not discrediting anybody in their job or anything. Paying for it. It's why tuitions went up. <laughs> tuitions went up because not because of educational uh, value didn't go up. Colleges, college degrees aren't more valuable than they were. They are actually less valuable. They help you get a job less, and the education's arguably worse. Um, why is tuition two, three, four X what it was even 20 years ago? Sure. Uh, administrative fees, bloated yeah. administrations. Yeah. Administrative fees, new buildings getting built. And I understand like that, you know, like, oh, this is how we got to have to recruit people to come into the, you know, to on campus or whatever. But those administrative fees, like people, when I was like, I just remember always thinking like you do this and they're paying you six figures. 
It's like, wow. Yeah, good gig though. Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, I don't want to get you know, that job. It's good. It's nice. Do nothing and get six figures. Exactly. It's a very cushy job. And then, you know, plus all the benefits and stuff. But I you know, and I don't want to discredit anyone or call anybody out. But I just remember all because, you I'm know, I was like, yeah, well, I was on a very small level of higher education. Just like always thinking that they're in meetings and then they would start gassing themselves up about what they're doing and stuff. I was like, yeah, I kind of roll my eyes. It's kind of like what you just did right there. And it's like, is this really what we're doing right here? I mean, why? It's hard, man. Why? It's hard. It's because there's only one way in my world to succeed, and that is like deliver more value than you cost. And that's for myself. That's for anyone I hire. That's for any team member. It's like, and and my team members deliver 10 times the value they cost with time, yeah. effort, money. You know, they bring me what I like to call good surprises. I have no problem if they bring me bad news, as long as the bad news is like reasonable. If, hey, we're building this thing and it's got a bug. Hey, you know, I'm making this ad, but it's taking longer. That's fine. But you also need to bring me good surprises. My developer does it all the time. He'll he'll do something like, you know, hey, I was building this. I realized the way we wanted to build it, it made no sense. So I switched it to this, redesigned it, and here you go. Oh, okay, great. Thanks. I, I'm glad I, you know, so, so that's, it's always about people and you want, you want those kinds of people. Um, they'll make your life easier because the startup is hard. Growth is hard. Mm. Getting to the next level and then beyond and beyond and beyond is very hard. So the, you can't rely on the people around you. You're, you know, you can do everything yourself, maybe for the first year. Then you need two extra people who are basically sure. like you and you need five and you need 10. And so, to really get to a giant level, you need a lot of great people. So you need to, you need to hire great. I don't know. I, I keep repeating it, but no, I I agree, agree. that's the one thing that, that I think has been, I find really good people. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. Cause it's one of those, you know, I'm a sucker for all those inspirational quotes and stuff all the time, but it's, uh, I forget how it goes, but it's like, if you, if you want to go on a journey, Go by yourself, but if you want to go farther, if you want to go fast, go alone. I think if you want to go far, there you go. That's what. That's something like that. A movie where someone said it recently. Don't. It's not like I read it. I think it was in a movie. Okay, maybe that's where it was. I picked it up. I don't even know. But I I don't know. I like it. I like that quote. Yeah. Yeah, I like stuff like that, and it's like, and it makes perfect sense because you know uh, when people talk about oh they're a lone wolf and they don't need anybody around them. I don't know if that's a defense mechanism or what, but because you know you always need people to kind of help you out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, you can't do anything alone. I mean, I formulated this alone, but like I couldn't make the bottles. I couldn't do this. I couldn't grow it. I couldn't market it. I couldn't make the website. So great, I would have had some some stuff in a big beaker. And who wants it? You know, it's uh, it wouldn't have worked if it was just me. So uh, you also just are a human being. You don't have, you know, I don't care if you're Elon Musk or, or Steve Jobs, like you, they have engineers. They have a lot oh. of people doing a lot of things. Yeah. Well, you it's just, like you said that, and I don't know if they were kind of big picture kind of guys or small detail kind of people, but there was one thing, I, f- I think it was in Malcolm Gladwell's book that I was reading. But anyway, uh, he was just talking about how Steve Jobs wanted like if somehow well, he his father did cabinetry when he was younger, but he wanted the inside of the iPhone on the back to look aesthetically pleasing as he could get it. You know, he, and even though he knew nobody would ever see it in the inside unless he popped open the iPhone. But that's what he wanted, you know, his, I guess, team to design and stuff like that and make it to look oh, the interior of it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah like There's the back of it. About, yeah. There's a story about him, too, where. I don't know if this is true or not, but it's it's in my head, and I'm pretty yeah. sure it's him. That's where basically, he took the iPhone in the early days with the iPod, and he was just trying to make it as small as possible. And engineers were like, we can't make it smaller. And I think he like put it in some water in like a fish tank, and a couple bubbles came out. He goes, "There's air in there, so you can make it smaller." That makes perfect sense. I've never heard that. Yeah, before. it does because that means there's volume inside. It's like they were probably like, "We hate this guy." <laughs> I'm sure they were like, "Damn, we got to do some work now." <sighs> Well, and you know, in, in to that sense, I mean, what is the future of Crete? Also, yeah, where did the name Crete come from? I wanted to ask you that. So it came from two two different places and kind of interject. It, it just intersected perfectly. So the first was, I just like the name. I liked Greek names for things. Um, I liked a bunch of Greek god names. I, I like Nike, Kith, Nyx. I just thought they're clean. They're masculine without being like, you know, like war or something or like sports something you know or 
armor or fighting, whatever. I was like, okay, Greek names are cool. They have a little history and depth to them. So then um, originally the first product we wanted to launch was going to be concealer. And I thought, okay, well, women have foundations. So maybe guys love concrete and we'll call the concealer concrete concealer. And then I was like, oh, concrete. Creates an island in Greece. Let's let's call it that. That sounds cool. We switched it to a K to make sure that it wasn't confused and nobody owned it. We trademarked it and got it. And then I just I liked it more and more because it was like uh, you know, it's discreet for men. You know, a couple yeah. things, a couple things kind of worked out. And then humorously, I think, you know, eventually we'll start calling fans of Cre- Cretans or something like that. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, it just worked. It was, you know. Five letters, pretty pretty hard to misspell, easy to sure. pronounce. We could own it outright. It was like it's not for men or women. It's just a strong name like Nike. Yeah, yeah. It just it comes off just like what you said. Like you know, Nike. It's real quick. It's nice. It's clean. Sweet. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's very. You know, I've never heard that word before until you know when uh, I, I was reading your bio or whatever, and I was like, hmm, I yeah. Like and it. so there's an island in Greece with a lot of ancient history called Crete with C R E T E. And it's like, you know, for people who do know that place, it's in the Mediterranean. It's a beautiful island. It's like, yeah, we'll take that association as well. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. Do you ever, uh, I know you're kind of, you market more towards males, but do you ever have any females trying out your products too? We do actually. Decent amount of women. um, They like our branding. They like the fact that it's called, you know, the tagline is 30 second skincare. And they see the ingredients we use and the quality of the product in our in our testimonials and our reviews and everything. And they basically get to buy a product without the pink tax. That's what you call it when you basically take a product, you know, sell it to women for more and you you charge them for putting it in a pink bottle or something. So, you know, for guys, the quality of our product, I could if I put it in a like fancier bottle that was maybe a ten dollar glass bottle with some cool ornament bullshit on it. Um, you know, our bottle right now is a dollar. Um, if I, if I bought one that was way crazier looking, um, pretended it was from France by, you know, getting some factory in France and making it there instead, I could charge 150 to $200 for our formula because it is, it is the quality of products that are at that price point. I didn't want to do that. $39 is not cheap as is. It's pretty, you know, it's, it's so I didn't want to price out guys. I didn't think guys would do it. So a lot of women come and they see like, wait, there's hyaluronic acid and apple stem cell extract that you import from Switzerland and green tea extract. And this is the before and after like, okay, it says it's for men, but I'm going to buy this anyway. Um, And eventually we'll most likely start selling to women. We just will. It's, uh, you know, the products we formulated specifically for men, but they end up working really great for women as well. I like what you just said about you knew how, to price it just because I'm one of those guys who, if I really needed something, it was like, Oh, this is a hundred dollars for, you know, skincare. It's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not paying for that. But you know, yeah. you're saying, okay, that's reasonable. But you know, if I really need some concealer. It's like, Ooh, that's a little pricey, but you know what? It's six. We also offer it for six bucks to try it for a full bottle when you subscribe and you can cancel anytime. So we make it very easy. We offer free shipping. So it's like six bucks. People get it and they're like, okay, this was worth it. And then they never cancel. So, mm-hmm. It's not a risk for us to give an basically an eighty four percent discount on the first bottle. Yeah. We, like ninety something percent of people come back. <laughs> like okay, but, and they come back for like thirty something bucks the second bottle. It's not like it's it stays at that inexpensive. But you know we priced that basically so that we could make the product better. I like you know, it. We we could be doing Old Spice or CVS kind of brands that are. It kind of work, but no, ours literally, these aren't fluff ingredients. They are very powerfully focused ingredients that solve skin issues. Yeah. Yeah. What is, I mean, like, again, the future, I mean, like, you know, you were talking about, you know, you, you just shaved and you had some redness because, you know, that's what usually happens to me. I get bad after shave. I even mm-hmm. shave my head every night, but I don't really get much shave on there, but I'm always looking for something like to make my head nice and our facial serum would be perfect and we are actually starting to market it to guys who shave their head like that is something for january that we're doing because one of my guys he worked at a a a razor company for head razors he's the guy that does our ads so he actually for the last couple months has been like well it's funny because one you need it 
two, no one's really marketing stuff to you. And three, you're going to use two to three times as much of the product because two pumps here, two, three pumps here. It's like, okay, you're actually a power user. So um, it's pretty funny. You know, our body serum, we're launching that on Black Fridays in about two or three weeks. Um, It's a similar thing. We focus more on tripeptide 29, which is a a collagen booster, uh, which is, you know, the main protein in skin. And so that works super well. And it just make the before and afters are crazy. Your arm just like, it just looks healthier because it, it is in hydrating, but tattoos really pop. So we're, we're, you know, going after that niche with that product. That's going to be interesting because that product, yeah, it's, it's, it really makes your tattoos look like you just got them yesterday. Nice. Yeah. That's a, I'm not even a tattoo guy. I just, my my brother has some and he tried it on. He was like, "Holy shit!" It's like, <laughs> no, I have one tattoo. I have one tattoo, and I've been, you know, I like I, I like it every day. But you know, have they kept telling me to put certain creams on it and stuff? But a cream like that—that's what you said. I was like, "Ooh, to keep back and look at pop." Yeah, that's what I want every day. You can you can use it. It'll dry in like a minute, thirty seconds to a minute. It'll look the so color it'll just be more so, vibrant. Yeah, was that? kind of your philosophy too is this that hey this needs to be 30 seconds of use you know because no guy wants to sit there and do yeah, it absolutely um you know the funny thing is some of our products take less than 30 seconds to use yeah. but 30 seconds was it was a good tagline because it seems like it's no amount of time but it's just enough time to actually accomplish something so yeah like pump pump it's yeah. 10 seconds it, it's yeah, not the right, but we wanted to call it that because some products do take 30 but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's as much a philosophy as it is a tagline. We don't have any products with accessories. There's no like, this comes with this and you have to use these, mix these two things. No, everything is simple. It's going to be basically like twist the thing and apply it or like pump on your hand and apply it. It's going to be dead simple. There's not going to be any like 10 product in a row BS where you're stuck in your bathroom and like, what are these? What order is this? I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's like, I went through that. I'm not this lover of skincare routines. I'm not trying to put a mask on for 45 minutes while I like have cucumbers in my eyes. It's like, I forget to use my own skincare because I'm a fucking regular dude. Like I, I, that's the honest truth. I agree. If it wasn't that easy, I would never use it. So I use it because we made it that easy. Yeah. I love that mindset just because you're actually looking at it how especially like a person like me would just be like because my morning routine is easily just brush your teeth wash your face you know i usually shave my head at night just so i don't have to do it in the morning and just like hey i want to be in and out i don't want to spend all night or all day doing a whole beauty routine so yeah yeah i i i like today for instance right i i shaved and it was like ow oh yeah okay let me apply like yeah done, done i wasn't thinking about a lot i was thinking about work and uh you know it just we made it easy and uh, we do sell three packs, which a lot of guys buy so they can have one in a bathroom, one in like a bag, I one see. in their car. Yeah. And that way they don't have to think about it. It's just like you're just there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jake, I mean, I don't want to be respectful of your time. I know we're getting kind of short on here, but you're a badass dude, man. I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, and I appreciate you talking with me. If uh, if you want to plug Crete or just people want to find you or anything you want to plug in general, feel free to do that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, just go to Crete.club, K-R-E-T-E dot C-L-U-B. Um, just try a bottle. It's six bucks. We have crazy sales. Honestly, you know, it, depending on when this comes out, if this is uh, during Black Friday, we're probably going to have like big, big sales. Um, our hydrating facial serum is like the best moisturizer on earth. Whatever skin issue you have, dry skin, signs of aging, redness, they'll they'll go away like with consistent use for a couple days to a week or so. Um yeah, it's six bucks for the first bottle if you subscribe. You can like get it and then cancel if you don't like it. No, no problem. So we make it pretty simple. I mean, that's it. That's again, it's 30 seconds to explain the brand. So there it is. Cool. 30, 30 seconds. Well, badass dude. Again, thanks for being here, Jake, man. I appreciate you chatting. Oh, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Okay. So anything else or you good? I'm good. You okay. get back to work. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, folks, we're out of here. See ya.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.